uh, highly descriptive of you. What does it say? I don't even know What's the it? words. It's all about uh, being a renegade. Ooh. And uh, that song, of course, by the ex-ambassadors was used on the uh, Jeep uh, campaign and promotion for their new Jeep product called the Renegade. And uh, matter of fact, it was weird because I wanted to do an interview with these guys, right? So I called the uh, manager of the band, and they're out of uh, Boston, or excuse me, now New York. And um, he says, well, he said, they're on the road. And uh, I said, well, okay, that's cool. I'd like to do a Skype video interview for television. He said, cool. So he set it up. Guy uh, was in a room, looked familiar. They gave me, of the two brothers, they gave me the blind guy. So he was staring off to the left, not at me. <laughs> That's the second time I've, Kansas gave me the one guy with, you know, one good eye. Uh, what a great interview it was, though. But anyway, so the brother uh, gets on and we talk and we're talking and, and we're done with the interview and we're off air. And I said, So where are you guys up next? He goes, Des Moines, Iowa. I said, Des Moines, Iowa. I thought the room looked familiar. He was in the basement of this very building. Oh, you're kidding doing me. Doing an interview with me, not some three miles away. Oh, that's funny. I could have come down and done it live and in person, but, you know, us in communications, we don't always communicate oh, yeah, that you well. Know, radio people don't always communicate Or TV people. Anybody <laughs> in the communications business, we suck at communicating with each other. So it was, it was, I think it was indicative of, uh, you know, the little um, uh, hiccup that we had prior to going on there tonight. You know, lots of people want to use this very same studio. We've been using it for, what, 20 years or so? Uh, 15 going 15. on 16, yeah. yeah. But anyway. But to we be could... fair, we weren't in this studio, Scotty. No, we've been in a multitude of studios as uh, iHeart has taken over control of KXNO, our, our flagship station here in Des Moines, Iowa, sister station of the mighty 50,000-watt blowtorch that is WHO, AM 1040, News Radio 1040 WHO. Anyway, um so you, as I, I was trying to describe you as being a bit of a renegade. You've always been able to start something from scratch, had an idea in your head, and one of those ideas that was uh, able to escape was something called uh, DeVilleware. Yeah, we did DeVille. That's been a minute. We had a clothing line. Uh, Which I thought was a very cool clothing a line, buddy, by the way. A couple buddies. They were brothers, actually, and me, and uh, ended up coming down to just two of us that pretty much did all the work. Uh, three of us. Three. My partner and his wife. And me, and uh, it was fun though. We went, we went, uh, we we promoted it. You know, basically it was just T-shirts, and then we had some other stuff made. But you promoted it so well. What happened? Well, we we did. <laughs> we had some surf shops out in California that were carrying it, and we had some motorcycle shops. Yeah. A lot of the motorcycle shops were carrying it, and then uh, it was called Deville, and uh, we we kind of used some of the similar logos to a gm dealer or gm manufacturer and and uh it got some notice actually and oh, we, ended up, we ended up shutting her down so <laughs> the old cease and desist <laughs> the old cease and desist love the idea uh wish you would stop doing it i was a teenager when we did this were you frightened at all about the uh i mean getting a getting a letter from detroit much like what were they going to take donald trump uh, got a letter from detroit recently saying that we're going to shut exactly down right. what yeah. are you going to take from me some t-shirts go ahead uh, you know like half the shops aren't paying us that are selling them so why should they what I, but we it was, it was fun though it was a fun time we we actually uh one of our stories i hear all the time from people is we showed up we had a limo and we had this uh a skull bumper chromed with red lights in the eyes on for a hood yeah. ornament and we showed up um at, at the mo Lamona at the motocross track and I had the had the 125 on the roof and I had the 250 in the trunk and um it was a real hoopty obviously this 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 thing so we uh 
it was funny because the front brakes, only the front brakes worked, and so the rear brakes didn't work, so it would push a little bit when you hit the brakes. we pull into the track all cool, and uh, it, it, wet grass, you know. Slid right into the kibos, didn't you? No, we went into <laughs> the kid The kid that I competed with the most, uh, Corey Samprini, he we ran square into his trailer, and his dad was so mad, and we just thought it was hilarious. We didn't fix it, of course, you know, so it was just uh, – just good time having that, and then. Um, well, and I want to lead into something else. You didn't stop there. You started developing racetracks, and and there, the legend follows. But uh, the track that you've currently developed is many things to a lot of people. Uh, I think you had a pretty successful year overall. You've always figured out a way to make, uh, you know, sunshine, and uh, you did it again this year at Riverside Raceway, just uh, on the south side of, uh, of, of Winterset, Iowa, the well, birthplace of one John Wayne. Well, thank you for saying that. We we did have our hands full. We had our our, our fill of challenges this year was Weather. two of the races where the ground was actually frozen, and I fortunate enough that to have a dozer down there and and uh, took a D five, and we actually scraped out frost. And I that's something I have never. What were you seen. down a foot, foot and a half? Yeah, oh yeah, at least because the thing is, is you can't. You know, there may be six inches of frost, but you don't get six inches when you take when you're scraping it out. You've got to go deeper than that, and and it it, com- it completely wrecks the place. And sure. people don't realize, like, man, he he whipped that track out in five hours, you know, and he mm. didn't even have a delay. And how much in fuel? Well, it's the putting it back on. That's oh, yeah. the thing. You spend weeks fixing your racetrack, and it still looks like fresh dirt work. The grass is gone. The you know, and that's the first place the weeds grow when you when it does come back and. But uh, no complaints. We had a good time. We had the the qualifier this year. We had the uh, Justin Brayton race again. Uh, the JB10 shootout. shootout. Yep. And I've got some ideas. We did a school the last couple of years with Brayton. I think that's kind of ran its course. Um, not because there's there's uh, you know a, a lack of interest for that. I just think Brayton's kind of bored with that. So he uh, we we've got some ideas that we're going to do that that I think are going to be really cool and and. Uh, you know we've we've got that going next year. We've moved the qualifier up to uh, the north central area. It's going to be at at uh, Oak Ridge. Will be the one in Iowa, which sure. I think that track. You know, truly, when I was I was kind of vocal and when I butt heads with the owner about it because I thought some of the stuff didn't belong in a local motocross track, and right. there've been some injuries, which we've had our share at our, our track too. But um, I went up there and raced the Evergood Open, which gets a ton of riders. I raced with Jeff Emick, Josh Hansen was there. Uh, Dean Wilson was there. Um, like Dean, there was uh, yeah, there was uh, who? Oh, uh, El Hombre, the the Supercross champion, was there. El Hombre. Uh, so there was, <laughs> there was you know Jason. There was a ton of people on hand, and, and it's a super cool event. And I went there and I raced it, and uh, I'm kind of was spooked to that place. There's nothing to be scared of. The place is super safe. They've smoothed it out. Then they have. Really, because they had some monster jumps in their first year. Monsters. It wasn't the first year. It was until earlier, earlier this year or late last year. But they've done a great job with that track. I'm really excited for that. Um, I've ran the track in Sully for for a few couple years. You know, since I bought my racetrack back in the spring of 15, I took over uh, Sully 16, 17. I've been begging somebody to take that place over, Um, not because. It doesn't make money. It's just I want to do a lot of work. I want to do something with else with my time and you know having a family and stuff now. But um, Brad Depringer is going to take it over, and wow. Brad Brad is actually pretty relevant in our area because 
he uh that's big news he's got yeah he's doing training and stuff they bought a facility they're they're building and i i told brad i said hey i'll help you with with my uh you know my my pa system and my just about everything but my crew yeah Yeah, i'm gonna help him all i did was was lease the place the owner is cool to having brad come on he's relevant right now um which you'd think I'd be relevant, but he has a following and, and he's from that area. He can bring equipment over a lot easier, that kind of thing. So I'm excited. Um, I'm pretty excited for, for 2019. We've got our, our schedule set. We haven't announced it yet, but I'm going to have more races in winter set at Riverside Raceway. I'm going to have more practices. Does Jim still do races down around Lamont? I ever. Nope. Sold it to some people from Ohio. I think they may be a little, Amish, but oh, I'm not, but oh. I'm not sure. I know okay. they have a lot of kids. It's, so still doing trophies. He does trophies. He okay. does screen printing and stuff. That guy, I'll tell you what. Jim Johnson and his wife just cruise around in their outlaw. They they uh, he keeps his bike loaded. That is the garage for his dirt bike. He will go. They just cruise. I mean, I think they spend like a month in Hawaii in he's the a, winter he's time. A, he's but a crazy renegade. That's have what you he is. if you've seen the Big Lebowski? Yeah, that's Jim. He is the dude. The dude. He the is dude. the dude. Only, right. only he doesn't. He doesn't smoke pot, and I don't think he drinks at all. So, there's no white Russians and no weed for the dude. Uh, being Man, that's okay. Being Jim, but sure. Yeah, he's he's everybody's hero. The guy's just. You know what I've found out over the last 28 days? I've found out that not everybody drinks and not everybody smokes weed. Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole group of folks out there that are just very quiet. You have been very vocal about your sobriety yeah and we haven't talked about it on the show but it's okay um i think the show quality has gone up oh god that didn't have far to go for that (laughs) i listened to some of those shows and there's a reason you were on your knees begging me please do something and i said okay yep hey let's take you back to 1979 and point in fact today november 27th is a very special day for one guy that we call the GOAT. It's Ricky Carmichael's birthday. And Ricky, of course, the 15-time AMA Supercross and AMA Pro Motocross champion. Uh, well, he's had one of the more prolific careers in the history of motocross, winning some 102 outdoor nationals, 48 premier class, AMA Supercross races, the motocross donations, and countless youth and amateur mini cycle titles are we ever going to see anybody that's really going to approach or even challenge those numbers that ricky carmichael possesses that's a good question scott i think it's a i think it's fair to say and ricky may not agree with this but i think it's fair to say that the sport has elevated there's we never saw you know the farm where, where ricky trained was has been simulated over and over club mx south of the border there's there's uh, GPF, the Millsaps training facility. There's sure. there's tons of them now. And and what's unique about motorcycle racing specifically, or or more more I would say motocross than anything, is our athletes, these riders, these kids, they their parents mortgage everything. They spend tons of money, right. and the racers still, even still, they hire trainers out of their own winnings, their own earnings, to to train them and and help them. Uh, achieve you know to be and you have to be at that level now whereas a, a collegiate sport they send you to camp they send you to you know you, you get the opportunity to, to play for nba you don't have to spend any money i'm announcing an event this uh, friday night in cedar rapids iowa over one hundred thousand dollars on the line you get 2500 bucks to show five grand to win a six minute match okay wow. so total amount you can win without being match of the night or fight of the night is 7500 bucks. Now you could 
if you do well and it's an, an exciting and outstanding match, you could be up for match or fight of the night, which could put another five to ten grand in your mm -hmm. pocket. Mm -hmm. This is one of the very first events like this where that's that kind of money and that has a you know longevity attached to it. In other words, that they're looking to, for this to be the number one. It's called the American Wrestling League, where it's number one, identified as such. But they're looking to do this four, five, six times a year. And when you talk about professional athletes, you have to include those that are still in the amateur ranks, if you will, the Olympic ranks. Mm -hmm. um, they are not afforded the opportunity for, for example, fencers or gymnasts. Uh, very seldom will you see, other than a Campbell Soup Tour, uh, remember the old days of Virginia Slim's tennis, uh, where you see that kind of money being thrown about. That was a women's league, by the way. It, it was. I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Um, so this is the first of its kind, really. That was the first women's league. Yeah. Yeah. For 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 wrestling in this case, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a time when our athletes don't have to go with hat in hand, begging for sponsorship uh, or money. It's been that yes, and racing is, and and to back to my point with RC. The, the, I think you ask if we'll ever see somebody so dominant in our sport, in, in motocross anyway. Well, we asked that with McGrath too, right? Yeah. yeah to a yeah. degree? Well, but there, there was a time, like, he – I don't know that McGrath actually – I think RC came in and spoiled McGrath's parties, what Absolutely. happened. Because McGrath was at Havasu on the weekends with Emick and all them other fellas. And then uh, here comes this little chubby kid that worked his butt off. And, and so, uh, to, to back to that point – I think the the farm and you know they've, I mean Ryan Dungey went and trained at the farm and, mm -hmm. and they've simulated that and you know and, and the the Martins have been there and there's tons of people that go down there now but um, I don't think we're ever going to see somebody that is so dominant like like RC. I think Carmichael it was natural is, for him to win. It seems he put so. a lot he put a lot of work into it and it wasn't as natural he made it look natural it but was natural for us to see him win yeah, yeah. but what you don't know it, his I, work I, jack i know you're gonna go to break but let me no, just no, finish no. No, let me on, finish jack. one little story here about rc and and this was back in uh, the 80s we were my dad and i went down to um finger lakes park down in columbia missouri okay and it was a state-owned park that they would have races once or twice a year and they had a really good motocross facility there and they had this event called the hot dog shootout and it was now it sounds corny but they kawasaki we had a team green thing going on and kawasaki said we want you to be at these key events and that was one of them it was it made sense for us regionally six seven hour drive at the most and we get down there and i was the hot rod the young stud i was in. the hot dog in my yeah. my backyard sure. and so i go down there to square up with all these other guys and i was probably top five Maybe a little bit better at some point, but it was a big deal because it was full gate, 40, 40 kids out there, sure. and you're running up big front. Big race. You, you, they're, 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 if you can do that, you're expected to do top 10s at Loretta's, which I never did as a kid. I always stunk when I went there at those races down south. But um, anyway, I remember there was a kid on a 60, fat little kid on a 60 that was going to ride with us, and I remember he smoked all of us. And I couldn't, and I go, who is it? He rode differently. He, he His bike sounded different. He was just, it was Ricky. It was RC. No, and no, was, no. That's what yeah. your question was at the time. Yeah, who yeah. Is we were that? like, who is that? Yeah. And it, and I didn't know till years later who he was. There was other, another race somewhere where he showed up, and I think it was in Omaha, which 
the track I, I can't remember the track or anything back in denny's back but uh yeah but it was it wasn't an outdoor track it was some kind of a supercross track i don't remember the deal i i wasn't racing it for some reason i don't remember why but i remember going there and watching and i knew it was ricky carmichael at that time because this was it was after this race and i remember going that guy's way better than all of us well here's the key here's why i bring that up um and I'm going to caution parents. Just just listen, if you would, please ingest what you can. Um, Ricky Carmichael is on record as saying that he, there was a time that he began to hate practice. Mm-hmm. He began to hate racing. Mm-hmm. He knew what the result was going to be, but he still had to put in these countless numbers of hours doing the exact same thing over and over and over again now if you want to break a spirit of a kid break a love for a sport or an idea or an activity that's the way to do it genie did it yep his mom did it let's she give her some stick. credit she'd whack his fingers if they weren't covering the break and the exactly and the the clutch she'd whack you know i mean what well, first of all that's not parenting okay if you that's want to coaching be, that's coaching and if you want to be and i have never seen a coach a successful coach do that if you and there are varying ways to to gauge success okay and if and if you want your kid to hate what you're doing that's one way to do it the other way is to not give them any breaks not give them any room to grow elsewhere i saw this and i see it i continue to see it and, and motocross has changed the sports changed a lot in the last five years we have 50 percent pay attention people 50 percent the participation nationwide than we did five years ago why do you think that is because of the price of the motorcycle that's one these that's it scott that's it that's it that's the the motorcycles are too expensive now i'm guilty i just got me a brand new husky 300 nice stupid money stupid money for it but i'm 40 i'm in a position and that's who's buying motorcycles now 40 year olds and then the dad that wants to live vicariously i bought my kid a, a, a little uh electric thing this weekend the trials bike yeah no i bought a it looks like a strider it's called a stasic cool Cool. super cool i don't think she's gonna ride the thing but i'm just hoping and so i I, i'm that parent that would pour any amount of money into my kid's hobby and passion if it were mine Mm -hmm. and so that's what i see at these races i still see it i've ran some people off not on purpose but just because i try to tell them you got to stop pushing your kid and it's not in my business, not in my best interest uh, to, to say that. But here's the thing. Here's what I've known since I was a kid, since I was, uh, you know, my Johnny Miller, who's from, uh, oh, yeah. uh, remember him? You bet. From, uh, Sister. Didn't and Brenda, he, she sure. passed, but uh, he's from Norwalk area, and his dad pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. He don't ride motorcycles anymore. Brian has nothing to do with it. Lost all love for it. Brenda, do you remember, if you look at a score sheet, Brenda did one thing that always it always tickled my fancy, and that is she could not write the name Brian for the life of her. Brain. She, she always brain. put brain down. B-R-A-I-N, not B-R-A-N. Brian. Did she? I think she did. I wonder if she ever got it right. Scott's panicking. Do we have to take a break? We do. No, All that's right. Jack. Jack is panicking. I'm him. Sorry, Jack, Jack. Let's take the quick time out. You're All listening right. to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is part of the, uh, <laughs> the people. What am I saying? Front porch. Front people. porch people. Front porch media, uh, radio network. Stay tuned. Back after this. Hey everybody, this is Hillbilly David Bebout, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. 
Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves and boots don't drink and ride it's illegal and dangerous time out drink swell vodka proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in iowa find swell vodka in fine stores restaurants and bars near you like swell on facebook all right thank you very much welcome back to the program as we head to the top of the hour i want to be clear on something we're talking about Ricky Carmichael being the greatest of all time. I don't think there's a lot of argument there. Um, but you mentioned Jeremy McGrath's name and, and the fact that, oh, here comes Ricky Carmichael, and he does disrupt the you know the freight train that was Jeremy McGrath in his career. Um, in that, Ricky doesn't own all the records in AMA racing. As a matter of fact, Jeremy McGrath remains the king of Supercross with his seven titles and 72 main event wins, which is, I mean, that's remarkable. Uh, and, and many of the ones he does have just seem unbreakable. But i got to believe at some point we will see a guy like Orion Villapoto or somebody like that. Uh, I mean, if you go back and look at the Yamaha riders in 1979, you got Rex Statton and, and Mike Bell. And, gosh, remember how tall Mike was? Too tall. Too tall, baby. Um, but there's so many guys that we, we kind of forget in the record books, just looking back at him, uh, King Richard Burleson. Six straight AMA National Enduro Championships. There's so many guys that did well within their discipline. And we have to keep remembering it wasn't just Ricky Carmichael. And I think that was the whole point of me bringing him yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, but, but Ricky's the most relevant, obviously, because of, uh, you know, that he was the one that was. The, and he faced still, some real talent. He unseated McGrath mm -hmm. and he stood up to the fastest man that had come across the gate 
arguably ever James Stewart at a yes. ripe age. Yes. On two fifties, James Stewart oh, was doing it. or I mean one twenty five Stewart's was was the fast lap of any given supercross on well, his one twenty five. You had guys like Missouri's Jeff Emmick coming up. You had Damon Bradshaw of North Carolina. You had so many guys from across the country, even our own Chad Pedersen from Minnesota. Mm. Or from Fort Dodge rather. I'm yes. sorry. Now Minnesota. Now Minnesota. Um there are so many guys and these are all T shirt and, and, and snap caps. You know what I'm saying? These are all guys wearing trucker caps and not expecting a lot of money or, or excess uh, attention in the pits. Uh, they, they made more money than you think, these no, boys. No, 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 I'm just saying that's how they appeared. And uh, there were so many really great guys that came through the ranks, and that's just part of our weekly conversation that we enjoy as part of the Front Porch Media Group. Uh, we appreciate you listening. I want to thank all of our great guests on the program. We had a great conversation, I think, with Jeremy uh, Jared Mees, rather, um, Davis Fisher was what a bright uh, what a bright spot he holds uh, for for racing. Ted Weirbach as well. He classifies himself as a privateer effort. It's one of the best privateer efforts I've seen in a long while. They're deeply rooted in Fletcher. Right out of out of Ottumwa, Iowa. And uh, we want to thank them. Also want to thank uh, one of our great sponsors, and that of course Hicklin Power Sports out of Grimes, Iowa. They have Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta. KTM and Polaris, and now haircuts all under one roof. <laughs> See the friendly staff there in Grimes, Iowa right now financing in-house. They'll take care of you. Great uh, service department, too, headed by our dear, dear friend, P.J. Duran. And, P.J., when people come in and talk to you, you don't just brush them off and say, well, you know what, I don't really have time to talk to you. You make time for your customers. Have to. That's my, that's my job. Uh, that's what I get paid to do. And but you enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Fixing bikes is what we do. Fixing bikes. I like that. All right. Want to enjoy uh, the rest of the week, but want to invite you to come back and join us next week. You know, I think next week I want to make a point. We we're talking about the greats. Yeah. Tony Cairoli has won nine FIM World Motocross World Championships. That Ten is the record. Let's get him and McGrath on the show next week. I would love that. So, Hurling's hopefully is uh, ready for Kyrilli to win one more because I'd really like to see that. And that that's all stuff cool. overseas, but so cool. For PJ Duran, Tony Wanketti, Coolant Camp, and of course, Roman Avila. We appreciate you listening. For Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, our producers, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, I'm Scott Casper speaking. Have a very good one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week for Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. 
Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview. And Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.